2: Hi, this is Billie Jean King. This is
1: Marion Bartoli.
0: I'm Mats Villander This is Mary Carillo. This is Pam Shriver. This is Yannick Noah. This is Puelo Dier from Montreal. And you're listening to David, Catherine, and Matt
1: on the Tennis Podcast. <laughs>
2: Well, thank you very much, Puello, in Montréal, which is something I never thought I'd say in my life. Uh, But that is Montreal, uh, in a better accent than I can say it in. Um, And we are not in Montreal, but we are in three very different locations at the moment. I'm in Solihull. Matt is in Glasgow, as he has been all week. And Catherine is in. Where are you, Catherine? Torino, Turin. Hey,
1: Fantastic.
2: Um, has it and, been? And what,
1: what could be more Italian than being in a hotel that is situated inside what used to be the Fiat factory?
2: That is very or good. a
1: Fiat factory. I don't know whether a country <laughs> has more than one uh, Fiat factory, but uh, yes, that's where I am. And in fact, uh, on the top of the building I'm in is uh, where the famous car park scene. Uh, in the Italian job was filmed. So I really am having a (laughs) a quintessentially... Italian experience. Oh, well,
2: that's that's marvellous. You've you you've done your research as well on your locale, which I like.
1: I mean, they, they mention it to you when you're checking in <laughs> at
2: the hotel. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Well, thank you so much, uh, Puello, for introducing this edition of the Tennis Podcast. Puelo is one of our friends of the show. If you'd like to introduce the show, you can do so by becoming a friend at the intro level. Um, and we've got loads and loads to talk about today because the semifinals have been set up once and for all in Glasgow, I would say a little bit surprisingly in terms of what's ended up happening. Catherine's been at uh, Media Day in Turin. Um, so yeah, we've got plenty to, to get our teeth into. Matt, we were we were drunk on Billie Jean King Cup this time last night. I feel a little less tipsy tonight, to be honest, because the matches didn't, didn't really do what I thought they'd do. That What we've had in terms of results is Switzerland winning against Canada. We've had Czech Republic winning against the United States. I think on their own, those are not two massive shocks, even though their opponents are very strong on paper. I just thought that they would be classic ties, and they weren't. I agree with you, David. I feel a little bit
0: short-changed from today. I thought we would get at least one deciding doubles rubber, maybe even two Because, as you said, they're quite even teams. I don't think any result would have been all that shocking. Uh, But actually, perhaps the most shocking thing was the fact that one or two of the matches were much more one-sided than I expected. Um, And I think the most interesting part of the day was probably that we had some really big calls from the captains, which ended up coming off. You know, I saw some of the teams named on paper, and thought, oh, okay, that's an interesting decision from the captain. Not sure I would have done that, and it absolutely worked out for both Heinz Gunthart, the Swiss captain, and Peter Paller, the Czech captain.
2: Yeah, well, let's start in turn, shall we? Take uh, the Switzerland against Canada tie first, and that that selection you're referring to is is Victoria Golibich, isn't it? Who's who's played against Bianca Andrescu, and The reason that's notable, I I assume, is because she's replaced Jill Teichmann, who we know has thrived in this competition last year. That's right.
0: And played and won two matches just just a couple of days ago for Switzerland. And I was expecting Heinz Gunthart to be a little bit smug and very pleased with himself for getting that one right when I asked him in the press conference at the end of the day. And... He was a little bit. <laughs> he said in the French portion of the press conference that he had made that decision on Monday, that it was his plan all along that he would split Jill Teichman and Victoria Golibich in the singles in the groups because he wanted both of them playing. He trusts them both. And he thought Jill Teichman would match up better with Italy and Victoria Golibich would match up better against Bianca Andrescu and Canada. And I have to say that I absolutely was the case uh, because Goliabic didn't start very well against Andrescu. She was really struggling on serve and Andrescu was teeing off being really powerful behind that serve, hitting a lot of good returns and kind of overwhelming Goliabic. And therefore, for the first half an hour or so, I thought, oh, Heinz Gunhardt has has got this wrong. This is not working. But I have to say in the second and third sets you saw why he picked Golubic because she was able to disrupt Andrescu with with her variety and she played absolutely brilliant tennis in the second and third sets Golubic um and Andrescu became a little bit of an error machine and i think a lot of that was was because of how well Golubic was playing and also she just brought a lot more energy in those second and third sets I. I spoke to her afterwards and she was really flat at the start of the match. And she said, yeah, that's a problem I have that I, I get in my own head. And then I just become really passive, really nervous. And actually, that's why I like this competition, having a, a coach on the sidelines who I can talk to teammates. It's much better to talk through my problems and what I'm experiencing and let it out. And I, and I can become quite energetic and aggressive. And that's what we saw. And that's more what I expected from Andrescu. I felt like she would be the one bringing the energy and, and the vibes to the match. But actually, it was, it was Goliabic. And for, for the, the majority of that match, the second and third sets, she was the better player. That was a surprise to me. But it was, it was also a clash now that we have Catherine on the pod, I can, I can say this. I don't know whether we've brought this up yet, but it was a clash between the backhand list and the intensity list because Catherine's, Catherine's working on one, an intensity list, which I'm sure she can describe in much better detail than I can, but I'm pretty sure Bianca Andrescu is top of it.
1: Yes, I've been, I've been wondering... Uh, lately, whether intensity is the right word, mm. because there's there's more to it than than just intensity. I think there's a bit of sass involved as well. I'm not. It, it's quite possible that a word doesn't exist in the English language Hoodspot. to uh, to correctly. <laughs> yeah, that's a factor. But um, it's possible that look, I'm working on a pithy title. <laughs> um, but just like Matt's list. Um, I ca- I cannot describe to you the criteria, but you just know. At least you've got it's, a list. It's a feeling. It's a feeling. Uh, and Bianca andrescu's on it. Elise Cornet is on it. Uh, who else is on it, Matt? Layla Fernandez was a TBC. Uh, she was she was a potential next entrant, but I'm not sure today is has done her any favours. I think
0: Danielle Collins might have been a TBC.
1: Danielle Collins. Or, or oh, again, maybe. Today's been a bad day for my list, hasn't it? <laughs> it's been a better day for your list than it has been for my list. Yeah,
0: although Coco Goff is on my list.
2: Unia Putin-Saver lost to 7-6 mm. in the third the other day. What's going in, on?
1: <laughs> in fact, this has been a disastrous time for my list. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'll work on the title and I'll get back to and, you. And,
0: and they need to work big, on their game. Big Dave,
1: yes. More importantly... Big day for the backhand list though, Matt.
0: Oh, really big day. And and actually it, it dawned on me that perhaps one of the reasons I keep getting drawn to the Swiss team is because they make up two fifths of the backhand list because not only have we got Golubic with her single hand, we've got Bencic and her backhand is astonishingly good. And we saw it today against, against Leila Fernandez. and yeah, big, big day for the backhand list. And for the first time I've asked a backhand list player about their own backhand.
2: How did that go? She,
0: she wasn't as enthusiastic about her own backhand as I was. Uh that was that was Victoria Golubich who I asked. Uh I, I, I literally said, I love your backhand. <laughs> 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 which looking back was maybe a bit weird but um <laughs> i wanted to know whether she's always always had a single hander and and she explained to me that no she she didn't she used to have a double hander on both sides because monica seles was you know was someone that she grew up idolizing and her coach told her to switch it up when she was about 12 or 13 and she she finds a lot more comfort in in hitting it with one hand and brings her variety which we saw today against against Andrescu to full effect um but yeah big big day for backhands in Switzerland
2: what is going on with Leila Fernandez because she's (laughs) won her first four sets singles and doubles six love six love six one six one and then she loses her fifth set six love against Belinda Bencic I mean from what I could make out, this was what Belinda Bencic sometimes does to people. She can sometimes make people look really ordinary, um, and and make me question my decisions, that my my sort of verdict about Belinda Bencic, which is that she's somebody who's never actually going to maximise her potential and fulfil her potential. But maybe that's maybe this match is just a uh, encapsulating what what the problem is that that she she can can turn it on occasionally and not not keep it on.
0: Maybe. I mean, she kept it on today. She played very, very well through the whole match, even though Fernandez managed to make the second set closer. Um, confusing, though, Leila Fernandez for sure, uh, having looked so good yesterday and then coming out and not being great in that first set, although I do think mostly it was about how good Benzic was. I mean, really, you, she didn't put foot wrong. She didn't miss a ball. She was taking it early, striking winners. I did have a conversation with someone today who suggested that it's almost easy to get very carried away by a score like a 6-love, 6-love when actually that might be a result that you can't really read much into because of the nature of it. Clearly, the opponent has had a bit of a shocker and therefore, how well is someone actually playing? Have they been... Properly tested, and I, I thought there was perhaps something in that. So maybe Fernandez wasn't quite as electrifying yesterday as maybe the scoreline suggested. Um, but certainly Bengtchik today, I thought, was was absolutely fantastic. And and the latter stages of that match where Fernandez was playing well, they were playing well at the same time. You saw from Benchic, I think, just that she seems to trust herself a bit more in this competition. There's a little bit more about her when she's playing these team competitions or even the Olympics last year than when we see her in a slam, for example. She's a little bit bolder, a little bit braver. I just trust her more in, in big moments. And yes, she got broken when serving for the match, but she regrouped and broke back and then served it out at the second attempt. And I thought it was a really high-quality display from, from Bengshik's all-round.
2: Without fail, I get carried away with a 6-love, six 6-love six <laughs> in a draw. Uh, yeah, me and too. It's all down to Sergio Brigera beating Sherry on champion, <laughs> six love, six love, six love in 1993, and then going on and winning the French Open. I've always think back to that. If I see it in the first round of a tournament, and then we're making our predictions the next day, pretty much without fail, whether <laughs> I've seen the match or not, whether I know anything about the injury status of the opponent or not, I will predict that player will go and win the tournament. <laughs> it doesn't seem to work. Now I know why it doesn't work. It's kind of like when uh, Catherine sees Bianca Andrescu shout come on once and is then all in.
1: I'm a sucker.
2: <laughs> she was doing it a bit today, Catherine. I mean, when she she won that um that first set and you know, you just you can't imagine her losing from there. That is a mm. that's a poor result for her in the end, isn't it? I mean t- t- I know what everything I take everything you've said on board. Matt about how well Golybitch has done. But still, this is a woman who won the US Open three years ago. She's trying to mount this comeback. She's pumped up. She should not be losing against Victoria Golybitch from a setup.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I think I agree. The only thing I would add is that she's not the player that won the US Open anymore. <gasps> well, she isn't. I mean, it's she's it's, not it's, no. it's been it's been three years and there's been an been an awful lot of upheaval in her life since then. And I think, I th- I still think she can get back to being that player. I do, but Phew. I do the same thing. I still kind of expect her to be that player. You know, I, I picked Canada to win this competition. They're now out. And I did that because of the potential that Bianca Andrescu holds. You know, I, I think, oh, maybe, maybe tomorrow is going to be the day when she's 2019 Bianca Andrescu again. And it just isn't realistic is it it's 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 a much longer you know buzzword sports word process than just being able to suddenly do it tomorrow i think for her
1: it's okay it's okay it's okay I actually find it a bit a bit of a relief to reach that conclusion and, and realization actually she's she's currently not that player i I back her to find it, but I do think it's going to be a journey because she was 19 when she won the US Open and she, you know, it's like, I, I don't, I, I, I don't see her as in exactly the same situation as Tsitsipas. She's, she's won a slam, but it's like, a little bit like what I was saying with Sitsapash. You've you've the other day, David, you've got the youth window and you've got the experience window and there, is, I do think there's a bit of a, another zone in between, you know, she's, she's not playing with the freedom that she played with when she won the US Open and she, you can't after experiencing what she's experienced you know the pandemic hit her hard she's had struggles with her mental health she's had significant injury struggles she's had upheaval in her team it's it's not weakness that she's not able to to play like she did when she was a 19 year old with nothing to lose she needs to find a new way of doing it mentally i think because the game is still there and i do think she'll do that i just I think it's a, a a journey.
2: Yeah, well, and, a and it's a longer-term journey, isn't it? Because I think what really characterised the way she burst on the scene and won that title was that she'd done the same in Indian Wells earlier that year. She'd done the same in the summer on the way. It was as though she'd never known mm. proper defeat. We'd never there was, seen there was her a point where matches.
1: we'd <laughs> never seen her lose a tennis match. No. The only match we had known her to not win was a retirement. Yeah, you know that and that was her experiences as, as well um so of course she can't be that tennis player again and and actually realizing that is is a little bit liberating for for bianca and stan <laughs> what's a stan um a you... <laughs> big fan a fan yeah
2: yeah a fan Let's go with right. fan yeah. okay okay yeah and and actually i think there's a there's a an interesting watch for us with Emma Raducanu in that respect as well because she was an even more dramatic on the scene out of nowhere, winning a big title and and is then having to try to figure it all out and work out what's next. How do I get back to ever doing that again?
1: When looseness and freedom is a big factor in your success, that is an interesting dynamic, I think, because it's almost impossible to maintain that long term. Almost impossible. Unless you just ride a ridiculous wave it will end you will you will you will wipe out at some point and you have to rebuild yourself mentally into a slightly different player um and that is fascinating tough but fascinating
2: okay well the other match we had today featured another another couple of players you mentioned Goff and Collins briefly um should say that i i mean the the, the selections let's just concentrate on those very quickly as well because Petra chose Marketa Vondrosheva, uh, who who had, had that run to the title in Shrewsbury that we were talking about the other day, singles and doubles. And she comes out and beats Daniel Collins 6'3, 6'3. I, I watched the latter stages of that, and one player just looked so much more fresh and more, you know, in the in the zone and in the moment and present. Collins looked like she was just trying to hit winners at the end to to find some sort of solution. And then Siniakova, Katarina Siniakova has been chosen to play Coco Goff when they've got an option of Karolina Mukova or Karolina Pliskova uh, as options on that team. And I just, I would never have ch- expected those choices, particularly Siniakova. And he's absolutely nailed it. She, she, the both of them were just brilliant, Matt. They were,
0: yeah. I mean, he's been he's been the Czech captain, I think, for fifteen years, and you know, it's been it's been an amazingly successful time. And and you sort of wonder how often does he have to make really big decisions like that with such a strong team at his his disposal, or maybe having such a strong team means that you have to make more decisions because there are more options. Either way, he absolutely got it right today and in the first match i thought von was particularly impressive because she went down an early break to collins in an in an eight deuce game she lost you know and so often those games they feel really important at the time and they prove to be you know you, you can look back on them and that was the moment where kind of everything changed collins gets the break after eight deuces and then i think von won eight games in a row after that the resilience and just the quality of her tennis that she showed in in that period, she absolutely picked Danielle Collins apart, you know putting the ball in awkward spots, playing with the most incredible angles you know I, I forget von exists. I really do and i and I think a lot of people do you know she is she is a grand slam finalist and an, an Olympic silver medalist, and yet when she 's not around it's not like everyone is screaming. Gosh how much better tennis would be with Mar- with Marketa von and don't we really miss her and yet I do think those things are true tennis is better when she's playing well because she's an absolute joy to watch and we saw that today against Danielle Collins who who wasn't great it has to be said I didn't think she was great the other day either against uh, Poland until the deciding set tie break where she suddenly just sort of hit hit seven winners and, and managed to win that match but I do think the U.S. team on on paper at this tournament is is really, really strong. But Collins didn't play very well. Keyes didn't play very well the other day, and therefore we weren't surprised to see Coco Goff brought in. And yet I thought Coco Goff would do better. But I guess, again, in hindsight, it's perhaps not that surprising that she didn't play that well today, given the state of her game in Fort Worth, where her forehand was, was all over the place and the fact that she's fatigued and tired and had a long long trip over and again today the game was not in a good good place at all particularly the forehand i mean by the end she was she was just hitting whole games of forehand errors it, it, it's it's really really alarming on that shot at the moment it seems to have got worse i felt like it had reached a point in the season where she was she was I don't know whether she was covering for it better or whether it actually got better, but it was, seemed to be less of an issue in, in the sort of middle portion of this season. But in the last few matches she's played, it's really, really broken down. Um, and Siniarkova, going back to her, a brilliant pick because they had, they had Karolina Pliskova in that slot yesterday. And I just feel like Siniarkova as a competitor was a much better option to go up against Goff the competitor. You know, Siniakova was kind of relentless and didn't didn't allow Goff to be the bigger force on the court. I thought I thought Siniakova was absolutely brilliant today and um yeah, it's a, it's a very very impressive win for the Czechs and 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 quite a clever one. Not not how I thought they would do it. I thought they might have to have to win it in the doubles, but really really impressive.
2: Yeah, I thought the same I, I'm going to make a conscious decision to put the golf forehand catastrophe today down to fatigue and the last two weeks of it as well, because otherwise I'd be, I'm really worried because I don't think, I don't think I've seen a, a single shot of a professional tennis player just come apart at the seams to quite as an alarming degree as that. You know, she she could not trust that that ball was going over the net or in the court, and uh, that must be a horrible, horrible feeling. I mean, the the serve was problematic as well, uh, in as much as it wasn't pulling her out of trouble. But I mean, she just could not trust that the forehand would even work, and uh, and I think probably what happens is when you're feeling fresh, and especially somebody as young and fit and and full of energy as she usually is she's able to get around the ball use her footwork and and just always be in the right position for the forehand and therefore it probably does work and she she started going after it a lot more earlier in the year and um that's what I'm hoping for and I think it's probably a lot easier to make the corrections when you're feeling fresh but it's quite clear who's the player Catherine it's um Zachary isn't it that you always say when she gets tight the technique starts to be Exposed, and and, and may, maybe fatigue has exposed a real weakness here because the, fundamentally there's a problem with the Coco golf forehand, and that was scarily bad today. And uh, I just hope that that's I hope it's correctable because you know it just looks it looks shocking really to see a, a, sh- a shot of a player of that caliber going off to that degree.
1: Yeah, I do think fatigue tolerance. And anxiety tolerance are factors in in people's stroke production and, and shots and games that we perhaps don't don't factor in enough. And perhaps for us that's because we don't we don't have the technical know-how to be able to. But I, I think that analysis is probably bang on, David. You know, anybody can hit a perfect forehand when there's no when there's no ball, you know, and it's an air swing. I mean anyone at that level, of course, not anybody in this Zoom call at the moment. <laughs> um you know, it's almost always down to positioning, isn't it? Um, that w- why you why you miss a shot or make an unforced error. So that that does make sense to me. But I, I, I hear you that you've made a conscious decision, David, but I also hear the intense worry
2: in your voice. I, I it, you're right to to detect that because I really want Coco Gauff to happen. I want Coco Gauff to be a Grand Slam champion and somebody that is leading this sport.
0: And I mean, the thing is, she is happening,
2: even with
0: a forehand deficiency. Like, she has got to the WTA finals in singles and doubles this year. She's got to a Grand Slam final this year in singles. Like, it's been a brilliant, brilliant year and she's still a teenager. And there's a very obvious way that she can still improve. Like that's the sort of positive look at it, I think. And that is absolutely, I think the right, you know, the right view to have. But long term, I do agree. If she, if she wants to be winning Grand Slam titles, then I do think fixing the forehand. Because I, I agree that it's got worse in the last two weeks, but still it has, been a, it has been an element of her game that sort of experts have always sort of looked at and thought, that needs to get better. And I think long-term, it needs a fix, to be honest.
2: Okay, well, I hope she rests up and uh, feels yeah. better on her way home because I think it a, is a fantastic effort that she came at all to Glasgow and it shows how much mm. this event means to her and mm. good for Absolutely. her for, for, for doing that. The semi-finals tomorrow, Great Britain against Australia, that's at 10 o'clock in the morning, Matt, is it? Is, is that we, that's what we thought it was going to be last night. Ten o'clock, yes,
0: and in the u k it's live on b b c two It's had an upgrade, so hopefully lots of people will be watching that i think it's 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 bumped some some programs off and we'll be competing with snooker a little bit, but yeah,
1: quite early isn't mm, it it
0: is early <laughs>
2: <laughs> my my mum's pumped now that she knows that she can she can watch it and ten o'clock suits her down to the ground <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um but you know, it's it's it is quite early atmosphere wise, isn't it? You you wonder mm. because I mean I know they put six hundred tickets on and twenty pounds ahead, and I just hope everybody gets in there and gets into it early early on because what what better than Britain against Australia in Britain? Yeah, they should hand out coffees on the door. <laughs> it's ten o'clock, Catherine, not six a.m.
1: on a Saturday though it means to get there and everything probably getting up at eight
2: minimum aren't
0: you yeah. i mean <laughs> are we getting up at eight minimum
2: i was up at six thirty today <laughs> folks <laughs> um anyway it's going to be it's going to be really interesting isn't it and and look Catherine, we didn't have a chance to talk to you about last night's uh, matches and then i mean you were following it as well it was um it was extraordinary wasn't it and and a really pleasant surprise. I mean, I, I don't wish ill on Spain or anything, but from a British tennis perspective, you know, seven years ago when Britain got to the final of the Davis Cup, it it always felt like that would happen. This is just such an extraordinary surprise. I, I was really
1: swept up by it yesterday. I loved watching it. I loved sort of, you know, that creeping feeling of... Am I going to allow myself to think that this might happen? What is the point at which I allow myself to think that this might happen? and what was it so many so many times I'd hovered over sending a whatsapp um, <laughs> this is and i waited I waited until uh, Barnett and Nichols had broken at the start of the second set before I sent that whatsapp Now they did get broken back, but then of course they. You Know they just kept on breaking at will in that, you also uh, in that it. second set. I, I
2: noticed you sort of said, This I really did. is quite something, isn't it? Mm.
1: <laughs> or maybe I said, This really could be quite something. <laughs> uh, yeah, I still I uh, couched.
2: Yeah, that was very un Catherine like. Usually, <laughs> it's on, this is happening, and then oh.
1: it could, but it was so improbable, wasn't it? And I'm so you know, I have to declare bias here, but you know, I. I, I I work with An- Anki Othavong a lot and I have so much time for her and I'm just, I'm delighted for her. And, you know, she played a real part there. J- just like we were talking about with some of the ties today, she made bold calls. Um, you know, I, th- I think not to take anything away from from Leon Smith at all, but the teams largely pitched themselves, didn't they, when, uh, when Great Britain won the davis Cup back in back in twenty fifteen um and you know that team yesterday didn't pick itself there were big calls there that were risks for for Frank Cutherbog. they could have ended up with egg on their faces really the gB team after after that week and um i'm I'm chuffed for them all and the vibes were were fantastic and as as you pointed out on the pod David which I enjoyed listening to in in a piazza earlier on today, the contrast in vibes between the GB bench and the Spanish bench was, it was like a sort of before and after shot in, in you know, in sort of, a tragic movie where something awful's happened. So I say you haven't lost yet. Someone that's, that's it. Someone tell someone tell the dude with his head in his hands <laughs> that they haven't lost
2: yet. And you're not helping.
1: Yeah, really bizarre. <laughs> but um,
2: yeah, what a night. What what's are you prepared to say about tomorrow, both of you then, in terms of predictions? I think we need to nail our colours to the mast. And say what we think is gonna happen. GB against Australia. So I mean I think the the selection should be fairly obvious now, shouldn't it? You would have you would have thought Heather Watson and Harriet Dart will will resume as singles players and Storm Sanders Hunter, is it was it? I can't Storm Hunter, that was it. No, Storm uh, and, Sanders. Um,
1: no, no, she's called Storm Sanders, oh, David. Okay. What was that?
2: What was Hunter? Where did Hunter come from? Well, her fiance or boyfriend is called Hunter. I oh think. yes, that's what, that, was, that was the speculation that we were talking about, isn't it? Um, and uh, Isla Tomljanovic is the uh, the other singles player, the, the number one for uh, for Australia. So, I mean, what do you think? Well, Matt's
1: far more qualified than me. I mean, Australia are the clear favourites, I would say. Um, and I haven't looked up the head to heads, but unless there's Some really quirky head-to-head that I going on there. I I don't see why anybody would change up their teams. What do you think, Matt?
0: I think it might come down to the doubles again.
2: Oh yes, please.
0: I I, although we haven't had many deciding doubles this week, uh, so maybe that's that's me partly hoping for for another one. Um, I think I think Heather Watson she was really good the other day, and I I just think you have to factor in some sort of home advantage for Britain I think that is a very real thing a very real factor and I suspect it will it will come up at some point and I think I think it will help Watson and I think maybe she might win Tom Janovich is such a classy player and she's playing really well I, I feel quite confident in in her I think I think she'll win as good as Harriet Dart was against Barossa so therefore we're into a deciding. Doubles Now, Australia have got a couple of things they could do with that doubles team. I think Storm Sanders will definitely play. And then she could partner Sam Stozer, as she did the other day, or she could partner Ellen Perez. Now, I think either of those pairs, it will, it will be quite close. Um, I don't think it's, I, I don't think Australia are massive, massive favourites, to be honest, based on what we saw the other day from... From Barnett and Nichols, I think they're favourites in that double. Sanders has is, is been up in up into the top ten in the world in doubles. She's she's very good, but I, I'm going to go with Australia to sneak it in the doubles. But yeah, I th- I think I think it could be pretty close.
2: Interesting. I'm going to go for Britain. How are you yeah, getting there? I think, what's your I think what's Britain, your road? Britain at? are going to win it in the doubles as well. It's going to be a doubles. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I don't see Harriet Dart beating either Tom I, I I do see Heather Watson winning so and this could this is probably probably my british bias talking if i'm honest i mean i try to be uh (laughs) i try to be objective most of the time but i am pretty swept up by this one and
0: i'm aware that i we might be underrating storm sanders there because she has a reputation of constantly delivering in this tournament and exceeding expectations you know she's beaten elise mertens oh, yeah. in this event before like i think watson might win but if if sanders comes out doubt and, myself now, but if, Matt, if sanders think... comes out and plays really well then you've got tomyanovic and suddenly yeah. even getting to the doubles will be tough so
2: i think watson has to
0: win i agree yeah, i think she has is... to win yeah. which therefore makes it maybe even harder for her to win. 10
1: a.m. as well. I hope she's a morning
2: person. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what about the other one? Switzerland against the Czech Republic. That feels like the the big clash of of the whole event so far in terms of, you know, the really big guns. They, they just... Both feel like really, I mean, obviously Czech Republic is is one of the great Fed Cup, Billie Jean King Cup teams that we've ever had. And Switzerland are are just gathering in strength all the time as well.
0: Yeah, and this is a repeat of a match that happened in the Billie Jean King Cup finals last year, which of course was in the Czech Republic in Prague. And Switzerland won. You know, they they took them down. And that was a Czech team with Krejcikova. Benčić beat Krejcikova in, in the singles there. Um, and then they won the doubles. And I think I think they might do that again. I think Bencic will win singles, and I think Bencic and probably Teichman will beat Vondrosheva and Mukova. But again, it, it feels very, very tight. But I just, having seen what I saw today from Bencic, I am sort of more confident in Switzerland, even more confident in Switzerland than I was. But, you know... Again, I'm going with a deciding doubles rubber. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting too hopeful.
2: Oh, I'm, I'm with you. That, that sounds good to me, Catherine. Who, who, who do you reckon's going to win?
1: Yeah, I'm quite persuaded by Switzerland and the narrative about last year and everything Matt's saying about Belinda Bencic and the fact that she won Olympic gold last year. I'm, 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 I'm sticking close to Matt on this one. I,
2: I think Switzerland. Well, I've got Switzerland winning the whole event, so uh, I can't exactly stop now. Okay.
0: Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart
2: Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life, and of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. I Catherine, you have spent the day in the company of the best male tennis players who are fit in that the was world. was
1: a lot of caveats, David. <laughs> that, that started off as a really big blockbuster headline and petered out.
2: <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm all for accuracy. Um, and yeah, you're there for Prime Video, who are the rights holders for this event, and you're going to be presenting their coverage in the UK uh, on site. Now, obviously, the interviews you've been doing are for them, so I don't know how much you can give away. What can you tell us about what you've seen today and what you've heard today and what you've experienced today in in that city?
1: Well, the the media day took place in the Piazza San Carlos in the centre of Turin, which was a, a glorious setting. The sun was shining. I had to take my coat off. It was so warm um <laughs> had to do to do all the interviews staring into the sun with sort of my hand over my eyes like a visor <laughs> um uh so yeah wonderful wonderful setting and you know the players are all clearly chuffed to be there it was it was a very interesting media day actually I feel like I got more out of the players than you sometimes do, you know, when their game faces are completely on and they're just, you know, giving you standard sporting platitudes. Um, What can I tell you? I can tell you that Stefanos Tsitsipas is very consumed by the fact that he has the chance to reach world number one. This week he brought it up before I had the chance to. I, I said to him, my question was going to be how much is that on your mind? But it's very clearly on your mind. <laughs> and then he started waxing lyrical about how you know he's dreamed of it forever. And um, I, I think it's un- very unlikely. I think he would have to win every match this week, and other results uh, fall in line as well. But I
2: am bit wor- bit worried that he's getting a bit too 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 into that. Then be be, in-
1: be interesting. Be interesting how that carrot plays out him how that carrot affects his his results I asked him about the memories of winning this tournament in 2019 obviously when it was held at the um, the O2 in London and he said I didn't sleep for three days afterwards I was, he said I was so excited and <laughs> adrenalised I didn't sleep for three days I mean that guy really feels his feelings doesn't he <laughs> <laughs> it's a <Sure> lot.
2: Does. <laughs> gotta love him for it <laughs>
1: It's a lot. Um I had dog chat with Dinamo Medvedev, not on air. <laughs> um uh, there was a really l- lovely dog just just uh uh to his right that was slightly distracting me and he turned around to see what I was looking at and he said, "Oh, uh, oh, it's a lovely cocker spaniel." And so instantly I went, "Here's a guy that knows his dogs." Um, and I said, "Oh, yeah, lovely dogs, aren't they?" He said, "Yeah, they really are lovely dogs." I said, "Did you do you have a dog?" He said, "No, I'd love to have a dog, uh, but uh, he doesn't think he can have one until he retires." Um, but I told him to keep me posted on what breed he was considering, <laughs> and strongly recommended a Cavapoo. Um, <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, he was very effusive about fatherhood. And what a motivation it is for him now to stay at the top of the game until his daughter is of an age where she can appreciate what he does and watch him play and enjoy it, get some pleasure out of it, and be proud. You know, he said, "I want to make my daughter proud of me." Um, and I felt like saying, Daniil, you can pick a cocker spaniel out of a lineup. You're you're set. Don't worry about it." <laughs> um, so that was nice. Andre Rublev was. <laughs> um sweet and terrifying uh i asked him i said andre you i get the impression that you would happily play tennis 24 hours a day 365 days a year and he he said yep yep that you've got me nailed i really <laughs> would absolutely <laughs> definitely do just that uh casper rude i asked him what makes him angry and um I won't spoiler the answer. Tune into Prime Video to find out. But long story short, not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> what a, <laughs> a sanguine, sanguine individual. individual. Yes. Felix Orgelia seemed was just starry-eyed and ever so polite and just so chuffed to be there. Um, but also, you know, feeling like he can win it, I think. Why not? Um, Taylor Fritz was... You know, it sounded like he'd just woken up and rolled off a beach in California, um, and uh, it was an early start actually. Maybe he's a bit of a Catherine Whitaker with with early starts, um, but he was already in Turin when he found out that he was going to qualify for the for the main lineup because he was obviously always planning to come as an alternate. Um, lost early in Paris. So, you know, obviously he's American, stayed in Europe, came straight to Turin with his girlfriend. Um, So it kind of didn't change his travel plans or anything, but um, he said they really had a moment and they, you know, looked at one another and he said, we made it, um, which is really lovely. Uh, Who else? Who who am I missing? Oh, Novak Djokovic and Rafael Nadal. (laughs) Uh,
2: Djokovic was very (laughs) relaxed
1: in very good spirits. He was quite got a fair amount of time with him, uh, which you don't, always because of uh, how in demand he and he and Nadal were. So um, very relaxed, very open. I thought I asked him with a bit of trepidation about how he would reflect on his year. Um, and, you know, he gave a bit of a laugh and he was like, oh, ups and downs. Um, and um, Nadal told me that uh, his baby son, Raphael, is, uh, is here in Turin with him. Probably too young to to take in any of the tennis, I would have thought. I doubt he'll make an appearance, but that's a nice thought. Um, And he said fatherhood's treating him very well. I get the impression it's very difficult to tell with Rafa, isn't it? Because he'll always say that his expectations are low. Um, But I get the impression this is maybe kind of data gathering for Nadal about his his, um, rib injury. Um, and assorted other sort of ongoing health complaints. Um, you know, his last answer was the most telling where he said, look, I, I have no expectations, but equally I can't not want to win. You know, he gave this broad smile and he said, you know me, I I want to win. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's going to be interesting. I think he plays Taylor Fritz in his opening match on uh, on Sunday evening and I think we're going to learn a lot after that match
2: were you suitably enthused about the event off the back of today because one one comment you made earlier to me that that really stayed with me is that because it's not a capital city and you showed me a bit of the video of of the scene there and the enthusiasm that that, that you feel like they're they're really into this they're really taking this tournament to their heart they want they want everybody to know that the tournament's here and they're proud of the city
1: yeah I, I, look i I was gutted when um, the tournament made the decision to to leave London. It was obviously very convenient for me. The O two was a was a great venue, and it was a tremendous success there. But having said all that, I do think there is a lot to be said for having these kind of events at in non capital cities, um, because this is it's the biggest show in town it's the biggest thing happening in turin at the moment you get the feeling that most people on the street if asked would know that this is happening and would probably be able to name a few of the players or would probably say oh yeah i've seen a i've seen a poster about that um and just the fact that the the launch was happening in the main the main piazza and they'd created a sort of a blue co- they'd created a really theatrical situation where The players arrived individually. They walked this blue carpet with barriers up with, you know, fans there. And it it felt like the centre of attention. And, you know, that as somebody very invested in tennis, that's just wonderful to see the sport be centre stage. You know, I think there's a lot to be said for it.
2: Yeah, there sure is. I'm looking forward to it and uh, very much looking forward to watching you present the show from there. Um Talking of a show that's on at the moment, also in Italy, the next-gen semi-final between Jack Draper and Brandon Nakashima is currently locked in a fourth, inverted comma set, that's those short ones. Um, and it's Nakashima winning it two sets to one as things stand, but it's a tiebreak in the fourth one, and it looks really, really dramatic. Actually, I've got no sound on, just got the pictures, but the crowd look massively into it, and the players are so pumped up, and the coaches are going wild. I mean, the, this is what when that event is good to me is when you've got two players like these two, who are who are so hungry and desperate to break through. And they're making their strides on the main tour, but they want to go head to head. They want to throw themselves at each other and see who comes out on top. And I'm really excited. I mean, I'm not sure how America and American tennis fans feel about Brandon Nakashima, but I'm massively excited about Jack Draper from a British tennis point of view. He just, he's just got it, hasn't he? I don't know how far it'll take him. I don't know how far his body will hold up, but. God, he's yeah,
1: excited. it's not just the fact that he's British and good, is it? It's the way he plays. It's it's razzmatazz, isn't it? But it's also not. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? He, he can also not, he, he can. He, he's got high um, rally tolerance, hasn't he? He can also play quite mm. a you know Djokovic esque ping pongy game, but then suddenly in, inject massive, massive brute force at. Uh, at the flick of a switch seemingly. So yeah, I, I find him very, very engaging to watch. I do. I do wish I I really support the, um, the next gen finals generally. And I love the fact that they innovate and they trial things and they use it as, um, as a Petri dish uh, for those things. I think that's brilliant, but We've tried the first-to-four scoring system and it doesn't work, so please stop trialling that now. That would be uh, something that I would like to say and have said.
2: Do, does it work for that event, though? I mean, people seem very excited.
1: No, I don't think it works ever. It's a solution to a problem that doesn't mm-hmm. exist.
2: Okay. I don't like it either. But...
1: There, there is one perfect thing about tennis,
2: and that's the scoring yeah. system. No, I, do, I, I think I do agree okay um our mascot for today i'm just uh, i I don't seem to have a photo to hand of pippin uh, but i can tell you this pippin has been put forward as a mascot by pod listeners jimmy and becky piggott bader from tooting in southwest london pippin is becky's mum's five-year-old labrador we love a Labrador, don't
1: Aww. we? And
2: uh, Pippin keeps Jimmy company when um, they're back visiting Becky's mum and, and he's out running around Worcester Pitchcroft and listening to the pod. Oh, very good. Pippin's slender frame for a for Labrador, um, an oversized tongue, an insatiable, insatiable love of chasing after used tennis balls makes us think he may have some Spaniel in it. But we're not allowed to say this around Becky's mum. We got married in April, and I was vetoed in my suggestion for Pippin to be a ring bearer. <laughs> but the compromise was that. Vetoed
1: by who? I don't
2: know. Doesn't say.
1: If it was the <laughs> husband, then cool the whole thing the off. The
2: compromise was that we got to spend the first two days of our honeymoon at the Italian Open. So all's well that ends well. <laughs> Oh, don't
1: see why you couldn't have had both becky
2: but okay. amazing uh brandon nakashima has just won by the way he's into the final he has
1: yeah i i had to do some real staring at the score to check that that was a victory
2: <laughs> Catherine's <laughs> against it short sets and 10 a.m starts uh, as long yeah. as you keep away from those two things
1: it's everything i stand against yeah. uh hello pippin sounds lovely yeah. and a uh, big fan of labrador's uh, Rosie is half Labrador, half Retriever, oh, and uh, love Rosie. my my old dog Bella was a Labrador. And uh, Tooting is just down the road from me. So all in all, hello and thank you.
2: Marvelous. Um, I've got my mascot Darwin. I tell you what, Darwin. After Caroline Garcia's heroics last year, last week, suddenly it's on. Because Switzerland are pulling up trees this week for me. So, you know, let's, let's see. Catherine's got Carter. Matt's got the dearly departed Gerald. Billie Jean the Dog has got Billie Jean King and Alana Kloss, who are, who are in Glasgow, and I've seen lots of pictures on the screen of uh, Billie Jean loving the tennis. Uh, Chris Albert-Lee and Carl Weingartner are our executive producers. And, Matt, we have shout-outs.
0: We have Sean and Kathleen in Tucson, Arizona. Right, Sean. And Kathleen. Arizona.
1: Now I feel like I know something about Tucson, Arizona. Tucson
0: Train is a Bruce Springsteen song.
1: Oh, that's what it is. There we go. That's
2: how I know home how of, to, to the... pronounce it.
1: Yes. It's spelt T-U-C-S-O-N, Indeed. isn't it? Yeah.
2: Arizona home mm. of the Cardinals, who have been beaten twice is... by the Seahawks this year.
1: Is that yes. it's also got downbound train, hasn't it? It's a lot of train songs.
2: Yeah,
0: Land of Hope and Dreams is all about a train. Loves the train mm. metaphor. Although I heard his new album released uh, Kathy... today is a bit ropey.
1: Oh, really? Um, Bruce has
2: released a ropey
1: album? I haven't listened mm. yet.
0: It covers.
1: Who says Well, that? all
0: the reviews. think it yeah, might be a
2: misfire.
1: I, I wasn't. Oh. Has you gone
2: off the rails? No. Not
1: off the <laughs> rails, David.
2: <laughs> has he lost it? <laughs> I have to oh, say, not seeing him next year, not
1: not that bond. No, I don't really happen. care.
2: It's fine. Yeah.
1: Okay. Let's just. We, we might have to pretend. that Yeah, we'll just happen. forget it ever happened. Uh, Kath, Kathleen, incidentally, I would say, uh, sitting in the car park outside the church. <laughs> oh right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, like um, like when you said someone was in the
2: graveyard. Oh, God. <laughs>
1: Was that another Kathleen that I said was they've in been the upgraded graveyard? to the car? Anyway. No,
2: no, it, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway,
1: um, second. You get the idea, Kathleen. Second shout out, Matt.
0: We've got Christine Chan in New York, right, Christine? Hello,
1: Christine. I feel like we perhaps know Christine, Well, certainly Christine has previously had a shout out. Perhaps not, uh, given the way Matt's looking at me. But anyway, Christine. You feel familiar to me somehow.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, we've not been long back from New York. We're we're locals to you.
1: Happy days. Great days. Sure were. And we'll be again.
0: We've also got Gabriel Hartman in Indiana.
2: Right, Gabriel?
1: Gabriel. This is a a US special. Gabriel
0: says he found the podcast in January 2020 and it made my train ride in and out of Chicago for ballet so much more enjoyable. It's like a, a train,
1: <laughs> train-themed shout-out section. So is, is Gabriel a ballet dancer?
2: It would, it would suggest so. Brilliant. That's so cool. Love Chicago it. Chicago is a city I'd love to visit one day. I told my wife that He's, he's not
1: from Chicago. That's lovely, David, but he's, he's not from no, but he, Chicago. He
2: goes to, to Chicago.
1: Oh, yeah. sorry, I missed that. I thought we was from Indiana. That's a completely different state.
2: <laughs> There's a lot going on in this shaft town.
1: In, interstate ballet yeah. lessons.
2: I, t- I told my wife I want to go to Chicago today, and she said, she just sort of pulled her face as if to say, why? And I was like, I reckon it's really nice. I've, I've oh, I'd love to go it. to
1: Chicago. I'm not sure I'd want to commute there from Indiana. <laughs> and I'm just. Just googling the.
2: Oh God! Carry on, Matt. While she's doing that. <laughs> I
1: mean, great commitment. Anyway.
2: We, Gabriel,
0: thank have you. Got Selina Woods in Charlotte, North Carolina.
2: Special. have you literally deliberately only pulled US people today?
1: Hello, Selina. I have transited through Charlotte. Uh, uh on the plane. There's a, 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 I feel like there's a Mexican tequila bar there where oh, I've probably. spent some time.
2: Mm. Mm. There is in most cities.
0: And actually, I've said in Charlotte, North Carolina, that's not right from Charlotte, North Carolina, but currently living in Ohio. And Selena, oh, I've been Selena there too. says that her mum, who is almost 83, plays tennis three times a week, and they always get tickets to the Cincinnati for her birthday.
1: Oh, oh that
2: lovely! That's a good effort. Three times a week. Blimey.
1: Yeah, love that. Incidentally, Chicago seems to be right on the border of Indiana and Illinois. So there we go. Maybe it's not that long a commute. <laughs> Have
0: we got one more shout out? We no? do, and it is. Is it from America? It is. It is for Oh, Dana Frowine in California. Oh, hi, right, Dana.
1: Whereabouts in California?
0: I mean, I could, I mean, I could make <laughs> somewhere up or, 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 not, or I guess. have a guess. <laughs>
1: Which means
2: he doesn't know. Uh, <laughs> for Donna.
1: <laughs> Donna, thank you ever so much. California is great. It sure is. No matter where in California
2: you're from, it's all great. And all of our American friends who have signed up for shout-outs are great. And uh, in fact, everybody who signed up for shout outs and our friends generally are great. Thank you all so much for your support. Um, And if you'd like to become a friend, have a shout out, um, get all of our bonus episodes. You can do that. The link is in the show notes. I think, folks, we can call it a night and look forward, hopefully... Uh, we'll tell you about it, Catherine. After you've woken up, this amazing <laughs> tennis match at ten o'clock in the morning tomorrow between GB and Australia. Eleven o'clock in Italy, though.
1: I mean, I will I, look. I'm I'm working tomorrow, so I'll be awake. And I, I'm saying, if I was a a fan trying to have a leisurely Saturday and either go to the tennis or watch it on the telly, I would be displeased by the ten a.m. start. <laughs> I, to be clear, I will be awake. <laughs> she will. She's got and. And what, what are you doing
2: tomorrow? What, what's on tomorrow morning?
1: Uh, I'm interviewing the doubles players in the morning and then we have a rehearsal where I'll check all of the, check that I can hear all the director and producer and everything and see what the delay is on the line mm. and all of that. Hopefully minimal because that can be quite a
2: spanner in the works. Very exciting, all this telly land, isn't it? I'll let you know tomorrow. Okay, look forward to it. All right, Matt, go and get some sleep. Catherine, go and get some sleep. Folks, get your rest in as well, because you've got tennis to watch tomorrow. You'll have a tennis podcast after it's all done and dusted too. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.